0: all day, stress all night Take your mind off your money, focus on your life Money don't matter or the stuff it bought It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now Get your money, man, right!
1: Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the show. Thanks for stopping by. We are so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagenholz, flanked by my producer extraordinaire, Michael Terry. And today we will help you get your money mind right on our show with the following great features. First off, our key this week, is we are now in our sixth key in our Keys to Riches financial wellness series. That's hope for the best, plan for the worst. The moolah word of the day. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, how do I want to do, oh, I don't even have anything funny now. I had something funny I was going to tell you about the word of the day. So, I hope you don't condemn me for it. No. <laughs> That's the best I could do. You
0: can skip a week of being funny.
1: Oh, there we go. Okay, so I'm getting a, what is that called? When, when the Jews uh, don't go to synagogue dispensation? Dispensation. Okay, all right. I, I get, I get and the comedic Catholics, dispensation. And when for... the
0: Catholics don't uh, uh, go to confession or something,
1: too. Yeah, oh, okay. All right, yeah, so I'm, I'm having some comedic dispensation. Thanks. Okay, Uh, so additionally on our show, how about 10 Steps Towards Debt Freedom? Would you like that? Love it. Okay, awesome, because we're going to have that. Uh, Take emotion out of the picture is last week's key, and for those of you in the Unlock Your Wealth listener nation, uh, we have a trivia question set aside just for you so you can win fabulous prizes. And then today's guest, we have arbiter extraordinaire Joe Meyer joining us. So if you've ever wondered what to do when you've had issues with securities and you think things aren't right, maybe you've been a victim of fraud or something not so good has happened with your investments, he is the guy that can help you navigate those waters because he's the one that oversees and makes decisions on that stuff because We always waive our right to sue, and we go to arbitrate up front. And so that's where everybody – he'll explain what arbitration is because I'm not the one to do that. And then, again.
0: It's an alarm.
1: Yeah, it's saying, um, uh, get a grip and turn your phone off. That's what that's saying. So, and they're calling for my husband anyway, which is a funny thing. Uh, But anyway, that's our show. As always, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress, using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and happiness. Insiders Club members are automatically entered in weekly giveaways. And if you are not a member and would like to compete for great money management tools, just answer today's trivia question correctly. This week's trivia question is, what happens to our finances when we get emotionally engaged? What happens to our finances when we get emotionally engaged? engaged. And so if you think you have the right answer, there are three ways to win. First, you can call in to win, and that is 866-966-9420. That's 1-866-966-9420. Or you can chat in to win, hop into our chat room. I'm here live. Hi, I'm here. Come visit. Share your potential right answer. Or you can email in, because you don't have to be listening live in order to win on today's podcast. Send Send us your potential right answer to trivia at UYW. that's trivia, at UYWradio.com. Insiders Club members, you are automatically entered to winning weekly giveaways, but... If you, part of Unlock Your Wealth Nation, our regular listening audience, have no idea what the answer is, you still can walk away a winner. For you, listeners of Unlock Your Wealth Radio from the Unlock Your Wealth Radio Nation, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial as well to give you the opportunity to check out their service. All you have to do, surf over to unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book to find out more. And now it is time for minutes on your money. So we talked about 10 steps to be debt-free. How about debt freedom for all y'all out there and unlock your wealth nation? Yes, we can achieve debt freedom. Here are 10 steps from AARP so and I can't remember the acronym but hey, aren't you a member of AARP over there? Michael? Yeah. yeah. What? I know you're eligible. I, I am
0: eligible. We'd, we'd, probably, <laughs> we'd probably get into a political diatribe if I started on it. So.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, well, good, because, you know, like I don't agree with everything on their list of 10 anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. so, uh, but, you know, nonetheless, it's information for us to...
0: They lean this way.
1: <laughs> you, you think? A little over the side. <laughs> Just a touch, you know, but, you know. And, you know, you are the growing population, you know, all you boomers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that you're the largest demographic.
0: We are.
1: So people should be scared because you guys have a lot of time on your hands to vote and read, <laughs> <laughs> read the paper, yeah. pay attention. We're, we're,
0: we're all becoming more conservative too, <laughs> on a daily basis. You know?
1: Well, I think that, you know what I find interesting is I think that the further you guys go along is that you, you kind of, You know, realize I I I liken politics and the shifts in attitudes as a pendulum that swings. So like it gets to a point where it goes really far to one side, and then the weight just isn't enough to carry it up and over. So then it kind of swings back to the other side. You know, and it gets close to the middle, but then it's it just keeps going, still has a little bit more momentum. But it's interesting that all of the right, the left-wing hippie tree-hugging, save the whales, kill the babies people are now yeah. all kind of switching yeah. their mantra, yeah. uh, which is, um, it's very interesting. We want to
0: protect our money
1: now. Yeah, yeah. But, but before you didn't, you weren't so concerned we about it. We didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> now you're like, oh, I get why you guys did this before. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, Mom, Dad. So 10 steps to becoming debt-free in less than a year, okay? Take this advice and pay back what you owe. From Lynette Calfani-Cox at AARP. So here are 10 tips to get started on a debt-free life. First, bump up your debt repayment percentage. Putting at least 15% of your paycheck or income from Social Security or pensions towards credit card debt and loans will help you pay down those obligations much more quickly because most credit card companies only ask you to pay about 2% of the outstanding balance each month. Making small minimum payments means that your debt balances are collecting interest as each month or each year goes by, and paying off large chunks of your debt within a few months could save you a significant amount of money on interest payments alone. What's interesting, if uh, you have ever carried a balance, and I can't even remember the last time I carried a balance on a credit card, but after those, the FACT Act and all of the, the latest wave of credit legislation, now there's those big disclosure boxes that says, if you make the minimum payment, it will take you 72 years to pay off this balance of $4,672.85. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. So, uh, so if that's not enough of a, of a wake-up call, You know, um, oh, wait a minute. That's why this show exists, because we're brain-based financial literacy, because it's not enough of a wake-up call for some folks, because they can't comprehend it, because it's not, because most people are, like, emotionally engaged when they make their money decisions. Oh, but that was last week's key, wasn't it? (laughs) Taking emotion out of the picture. So we can't be rational and reasonable um, about our money if we can't stay in a resource state, and that's the biggest problem, so... Anyway, here, uh, I guess the like in the 10 steps, it should be 11. First, get in a resource stage where you're not emotionally engaged one direction or another. So uh, number two, use savings to pay down larger debts. And so here's one thing that I kind of take issue with. Well, if you have your emergency fund set aside and you have surplus savings that you have not yet invested and it is not in retirement, then perhaps you could utilize that money. But... When people say this, it bugs me because people think of, oh, well, my emergency fund is savings. No, your emergency fund is your emergency fund. And that's what is there. Only emergencies. And while it was an emergency to buy that dress at 75% off, it is not an emergency to pay it off in jeopardy of your livelihood and, and the ability to take care of yourself should you lose it. So only spend savings if it hasn't been invested yet it's not in a protected retirement thing because breaking in you lose 30 percent off the top to uncle sam and again he's not my favorite relative so uh so you want to use only the savings that haven't been invested yet that's over your emergency fund cushion uh so number three negotiate for a lower interest rate and this is one that so many people don't think of they're like oh my god i got all of this debt, and i'm never going to get out of it but if you call your creditor and say, "Hey, you know, I, I need some help here," and you can get forbearances where they can allow you to skip payments, and it doesn't go against your credit because you can't get in in trouble if you don't have a payment due, so you don't, so you're not late. And that's what people don't understand about forbearances. They think, "Oh, but i but I don't make payments for six months." But it's not that you don't make payments for six months. They just take that amount and tack it to the back end of your loan. So, and that's what they do with mortgages, they do it with car payments, and some places they'll do it with credit cards, but you just gotta keep escalating to somebody who got out of bed on the right side of the bed. And most of the time that's the supervisor's supervisor's supervisor. Right. But if you just stay at it, you can do that, but you can also ask them to lower your interest rate. Now, some people um can go in and negotiate their own, quote, debt relief program without having to pay to go in one. Some of them say you must be in one, but sometimes if you're willing to surrender the rest of your balance or the, or the rest of your limit, they'll give you some relief by reducing your interest rate to next to nothing so you can whittle down that balance. And then once you're back on track, as long as you're on time and you surrender that, you can get caught back up, and then you can reapply for that credit line to be opened again, and then you'll be on track, and people worry about, oh, but my credit score, the score doesn't mean crap, and especially because I've read some articles in the last few weeks about how underwriting standards are going away from credit scores again because they weren't the panacea that every underwriter thought it would be. It's a statistical rate of, uh, of default, but it is not relative to everything. If you sell. Uh, motorcycles, you have a different type of credit line and, and pull a different type of credit score number to make your loan determination than does a mortgage lender, than does a credit card lender or a car lender. There are different scores. So while your mortgage credit score might be a 720, you could go to the car dealership and maybe you missed the payment on a car. You might have been perfect on your mortgage stuff and that's weighted heavily, but you, maybe you goofed up on a car payment and you're like at a 620, like a 90% swing or a 90 point swing. You know, it, it's not necessarily that, that that happened in one day, it, but it is the, related to how the scores are weighted and it has to do with the type of credit that you're applying for and the type of score they're pulling because there's different scores for different things and not so many people don't know that. So don't worry about your credit score. It's about credit quality. If you've never missed a payment, you've never missed a payment and an underwriter can look past the number to see that you've been on time. And so they'll appreciate the fact that you were cleaning up your credit and that you were responsible enough to surrender that in the meantime. And to save a few bucks, it's totally smart. Uh, Here's another one. Use your tax refund check to pay down debt. And again, if you do not have an emergency fund, you need to flush up those coffers first. Get that emergency fund in. And then you can use any excess tax refund. And if you consistently get tax refunds and big ones, what you need to do is you need to go in and change your allowances. Talk to your tax attorney or, or a, a CPA or money professional, because I am not one in that capacity. Uh, but go talk to them, and you should probably raise your allowances so you could get that money back sooner. Because if you think about it, if your neighbor said, hey, can I borrow $4,000 and I'll pay back next year? And, oh, by the way, I'm not going to pay you any interest? Would you do it? Uh, no. no. Okay. So that's what you're doing with Uncle Sam. It's a tax-free loan for him to party on and do whatever else he's doing, making ineffective decisions on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that, you should get your money up front. Okay? It's better to break even or owe than it is to have it come back because – Uncle Sam does not have your individual best interest at heart. And so that's why you want your money. And if you think about it, even if you did owe, you'd have that money up front that could be working for you. And so you would get the difference in interest. So it's it's important because you know what? If you owe Uncle Sam, I'll be damned if they don't charge you interest. And a lot of it, like at 18%. So why should they get a tax or an interest-free loan? right? For 15 months. If you think about it, by the time you actually get your money back, it's like 15 months. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, sell items for cash, you know, eBay, Craigslist, garage sales. That's always a great thing. It always seems like we were always having a garage sale as a kid. My favorite thing is I had this adding machine with tape. So I'd like ring people up. It's like me and my brother. It was like our job. Like we would just have a rum and celery. Which we just, everything was for sale. Yeah. You want to buy this? People come through our house. Y'all take that. Okay. And somehow we'd have more stuff. I don't even know how that worked out. But Uh, consider cashing in your life insurance. This one's kind of sketchy for me. So if you have a whole life, I love you life, some of those crazy life insurance policies that actually have accrued some money, and either A, you don't have an insurable interest anymore, or B, you have alternative life coverage, then perhaps that might work. Now, if you do have one of those fancy life variable annuity life kind of policies, you might be able to borrow against it at a reduced rate of interest and be able to help you know you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, you're robbing yourself in a way, but you pay it back, but the interest rate is a lot cheaper on borrowing against your own money versus borrowing someone else's yeah. so if you can go from 18% to 6%, that makes sense, doesn't it? Like by 12%. Yeah. So, you're saving 200% of your money. Uh or or the interest you'll pay. So that makes that's a smart move. Um here's one that most people don't even think of. How about make more money? <laughs> you, you know what? Job. Flip another burger, get another job, whatever it is, do what it takes. Yeah. You know, you know, what used to be one of my favorite. There was this TV show in the 90s. My girlfriend was one of the fly girls on it. So that's kind of why I started watching it. But it was called In Living Color. Sure. And in this um, thing, they used to have this segment called um, Haman. Uh, hey Do you remember the Haman hey thing? And it was this, like, Jamaican family. And, like, the one episode, oh, they were yelling at the daughter because the guy that she wanted to date and to marry... Only had one job. I have certain job. You have one job. How are you going to take care of my daughter? How are you going to take care of my daughter? So it just makes me... J-Lo, yeah. J-Lo got started
0: on that.
1: Yeah, she was one of the fly girls too. Yeah. So, you know, it was uh, to make more money. You know, yeah. hey, you know, you could, you could sing. You know, if you're a singer, you could go like sing in a gig. You could go sing in a park and put out a hat and they're going to put money in your hat. It's just kind of like, you know, you could do whatever it is. Um, and, and, and the key to making money especially big money, is do the things that nobody else wants to do. Like, you think being a trash man is, like, lowly and underrated, but they make, like, you know, $150,000 a year in New York City to be a trash man. That's not so bad. Like, huh? You know, a crane operator. You ever watch that show, Dirty Jobs? No. With that micro guy? Oh, my God, he's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, you can go... Uh, He just did this rant on Reason TV, which was so great, too, about, like, this whole, like, college debt thing. And, you know, you can go right now, you know, all the oil fields in the Dakotas that are going nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they can't get enough people there fast enough. They have a housing shortage, but they're paying signing bonuses for people to come work at McDonald's. Yeah. You know, who's ever heard of that? Like you think only ball players get signing bonuses, but the McDonald's employees are getting signing bonuses because they need people to work so badly. And so, you know, you can be, you can work out in the oil fields. You can make hundred bucks an hour. You don't need a college degree for that. Yeah. You just got to be willing to work. So anyway, I got to get off that tirade. Uh, do a credit card balance transfer. That's kind of what I just suggested about doing the life insurance stuff. But make sure that it makes sense. Make sure that you're going to be paying less interest and there's no penalties for that.
0: I've been, I've been
1: doing that all my life. Uh, you're flipping it, moving it, moving it, yeah. being a, a, a debt nomad, <laughs> wandering from card to card. <laughs> At some point, you must pay it off.
0: I, I, I'm really close. Okay, good. Really close. All right, I'm proud of you.
1: Yeah. Uh, Now, here's an interesting one that I find that it's interesting that, like, an advocacy organization would say this. Use the statute of limitations uh, law to eliminate old debt. So if you've got collections that are outside your state's uh, limitations, uh, it's uncollectible. And so, for example, it's not as long as you think it is. In in Arizona, it's only four years. So if you have a collection, like, well, like, you want to do the right thing and make good on a debt, So what you can do instead is just let them know that it's no longer collectible when they start calling on the phone and just say, look, this death's four years old. I'm in Arizona. You can't collect. Sorry. Thanks for playing. And then take that money and do the right thing with it. Instead of feeling bad that you flaked on that, go do something worthwhile. It was like you just got like $4,000 out of heaven or whatever it is. So you just got to make hay while the sun shines. And then last but not least, this is a last-ditch opportunity. Um, file bankruptcy to discharge your credit card debts. It should only be used as a last-ditch option. And what's interesting is more than 50% of people that file bankruptcy will file again in 10 years when they're eligible. Um, but it's got to be extreme circumstances like no income, no chance for income, uh, beyond unmanageable debt or medical bills, um, And just remember, just because you want to file bankruptcy and apply for it, you know, the the laws changed, so not everybody can do it. You have to meet certain criteria. So um, you can also look into a Chapter 13 if you really, if that moral issue is tugging at you, you can do a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, which is like a reorg, and it allows you to still pay those debts. So, anyway, 10 ways to be debt-free in uh, less than a year. We have Joe Meyer. We have a Moolah Award of the Day and our Keys to Riches. Hope for the best plan for the worst. Coming up, you're listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back
2: after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins Kathy Colby all had coaches whether it was their father, someone else's father or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent call the Unlocking Your Foundation now for your free consultation 1-866-966-9420 that toll free number again is one 966 9420 or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com
1: Heather Agonals here from crackingyourmoneycode.com tune in to my Unlock Your Wealth update for your daily cup of money motivation weekdays at 1225 during the midday news report on Corey's hometown radio 1370 AM WWCB
0: Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666.
1: Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah, Heather Wackenhals with your moolah word of the day. And I had my comedic dispensation because I couldn't think of anything to go with it. However, I am back from the depths of hell. I am condemned no longer. And that is kind of part of our moolah word of the day, which is condemnation. And condemnation, it's actually one of the police powers from the government. that's bestowed from the federal government down to the state level, and it's called a police power. And, And condemnation is the legal seizure of property by a government authority for public use through the powers of eminent domain in exchange for fair market value. Okay, and so... (laughs) So, it means that if the government wants to build a freeway and your house is in the way, guess what? Oh,
0: yeah, eminent domain, of course.
1: Done. Mm -hmm. So, well, eminent domain... They did
0: it to the Bronx in the 70s.
1: Well, yeah. So, but condemnation is the process that that is used when when the police power of eminent domain is exercised. I haven't taught real estate in a while. So, eminent domain is one of the police powers. And so... When they exercise eminent domain, they say, okay, I can use condemnation to take your property because I'm going to put a park here. I'm going to put a freeway through here. I'm going to build a, you know, courthouse, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, uh, so you've got to go through and condemn all of these properties. And uh, it says exchange for fair market value, but they kind of squeeze you. They really really squeeze you and it's a shame because they they talk about redlining and all of that stuff in neighborhoods and values and um you know people just get kind of screwed and it's a tough job you know my friend's dad used to work in um the real estate department of the city and it was his job to go out and buy these people's houses and sometimes people had been in there like through the central part of phoenix had been in their homes like for generations. Mm. And they're like, "You can't, this is my family's property and blah blah blah." Yeah. You know, we've been here for 150 years. You know, we were here before this place was a state. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so he just hated his job because, you know, it was mostly homes that that, that they wound up, you know, to put the freeway through. Sure. So it's just is is this a tough deal. It was an unpleasant, thankless job and he hated it, but uh, he had to do that for the greater good so we could have transportation and all the wonderful benefits that we enjoy from the exorcism of those police powers. So, anyway, that's it for uh, this week's Moolah Word of the Day. I hope you have been enlightened, and I hope you never have to suffer condemnation. Uh, so, our next guest, the arbiter extraordinaire Joseph Meyer, is... Uh, Coming on momentarily He entered the brokerage industry in the early 1970s As a broker-dealer trainee with the firm Edwards & Hanley A member of the New York Stock Exchange He was employed by a number of top NYSE firms as a registered representative And he has also been a professional insurance agent For almost four decades He has been personally and professionally involved with the U.S. financial industry He has literally helped thousands of people find their way through the maze of questions that can arise in an ever-changing financial environment. He has seen good markets turn to bad and then back toward prosperity again. And he has the answers that only experience and common sense can provide. He became a self-employed stock market strategist and professional equity trader, then went on to become a registered investment advisor. After that, he is an industry arbitrator with the National Association of Security Dealers, which is what you probably hear as the NASD if you listen to financial channels and with the New York Stock Exchange, the NYSE. The National Association of Securities Dealers, or NASC, approved him as a regulation-approved mediator in 1997. The NYSE followed suit and approved him as well, and he continues to serve to this day. In this capacity, he has served as a panel chairman on some of the largest and most complex securities law cases. And he joins us today to help you navigate those murky waters when you don't know whether or not you have a case or an issue of fraud or impropriety when it comes to securities and investments. So, Joe Meyer, welcome to the broadcast. We're so glad you're joining Unlock Your Wealth Radio.
3: Heather, thank you and Unlock Your Wealth Talk Radio for having me as your guest this afternoon. It's a pleasure to visit with you and your listening audience.
1: You know, we think so much about saving money and reducing our debt, and then we have to think about, okay, so now that I've saved it and I've actually got something to invest and I'm out there investing, but we don't really think about, well, what happens if something goes wrong? Like, we hear about the Bernie Madoff stuff, but, you know, um, what, like, recourse do we have? And I know that we hear fancy words like mediation or arbitration as opposed to going to court. Can you... Explain the difference between the two processes in the FINRA forum.
3: Well, let me first, Heather, give the definition of what arbitration is, and then I'll follow up uh, very quickly with a definition of mediation. Arbitration is a method of having a dispute between two or more parties resolved by impartial persons who are knowledgeable in the area of the disputed conflict. Mediation is simply an informal, voluntary, and non-binding approach in which an independent and trained neutral facilitates negotiations between disputing parties, helping them find their own mutually acceptable resolution.
1: Okay. So is so would arbitration be considered, you know, another form of court like in well, our minds?
3: Prior to the forming of the NASD Arbitration and Mediation Program, and as you know, had also been part uh, prior to the forming of the NASD and the NYSE into FINRA, as an arbitrator and mediator for the NYSE as well. But prior to the forming of the Arbitration and Mediation Program, if you had a dispute with a broker dealer or a registered representative, in the old days, you had to sue civilly uh, in county court.
1: Okay. Now, we've dropped this acronym a few times. Both of us have. What is FINRA, and, and who are they?
3: FINRA is simply the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and they are the largest regulator of financial professionals in the world.
1: Okay. And so is this, this is where we go then when we have a, an issue to resolve.
3: Yes, we
1: do. Okay. So, um, you know, let's talk about some common violations at both the state and federal securities laws level that, that sometimes can happen to people. Um, you know, the we hear about you know, accredited investors and whether or not an investment is appropriate or how do I get to be a part of something? What is suitability of investments purchased in a public customer
3: account? Well, first of all, an accredited investor is typically an investor with a net worth exceeding $1 million. And every investor has to be suitable for the investments they undertake in an account. You know, you have to be qualified as to your age, your marital status, your income, your net worth, your prior investment experience, your tolerance for risk, all your investment objectives, growth, income, growth, and income. So a registered professional has to know quite a bit about a public customer prior to making a recommendation.
1: Okay, and so all of this stuff about suitability is pretty much at least if you're an industry professional common knowledge you know and yes, that, it is. and and what's that designed to do keep you from over investing
3: well the primary reason is, of suitability is as you know Heather everyone has a different tolerance for risk that the market represents And as I said uh, continually through my career, the markets will always represent risk as well as representing reward. And people have to understand the risks inherent in any investment that they make in the market. And that's why suitability is so important, and that's why an investment professional prior to making a recommendation has to fully understand the tolerance level of risk that a public customer is certainly capable of undertaking in the market.
1: Okay, so that kind of helps us not necessarily keep us from betting the farm and losing, but at least understanding what the ramifications of betting the farm would be for us.
3: That's very true.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, So, you know, we've heard this word, and especially when markets are volatile, we sometimes hear this more often than, than usual. And then we actually started hearing this, in real estate, with these foreclosures that we were dealing with, especially here in Arizona, and we hear the term churning, and churning of public customer accounts, you know, what is churning?
3: Churning is simply excessive activity in a public customer account without any underlying investment objective. That's the simple uh, definition of churning.
1: Okay. And so
3: churning um, under the old NYSE rules and I've been an old NYSE arbitrator and mediator going back almost 20 years churning is classified under the old rules and naturally these rules are amended from time to time churning used to be characterized Heather as any time a, a registered agent would enter six consecutive unsolicited trades within a year that would be considered the Hallmark of churning.
1: Okay. So for an example of that, if I'm a buy and hold customer, you know, and, you know, let's say, you know, I'm a little old lady and I've got a bunch of blue chip stocks and, and uh, you know, my my broker wants to make more money. And since I'm in a buy and hold position, he's maybe liquidating and reacquiring those same stocks for me in my account.
3: A broker must always have a basis under the law for making a recommendation. Okay. So there has to be an underlying financial basis and or corporate issue and or suitability issue for someone to recommend that a security either be bought or sold.
1: Okay. So if that hasn't happened, uh, but there's a lot of trading going on in my account, then I'm being churned potentially.
3: Well, there could be a possibility of that, yes. Okay.
1: All right, um, What is um, uh, so, so we're talking about without a basis and for the investment or for the trade recommendation, but what would be an example of the unauthorized trading of securities in a public customer account?
3: Well, a public customer always has to authorize both the buy and sell orders that are entered in an account and if a registered agent goes ahead without the authority of the customer and enters buy and sell orders in the account that is deemed to be unauthorized trading of a security.
1: Okay. Now, here's an F word that I want to talk about because in in different industries, your obligation to your customer or client kind of dictates how you handle them. And so, in some settings, um You had this F word, a fiduciary responsibility, which means acting on behalf of your clients. And so what would be an example of a breach of a fiduciary duty to a public customer?
3: Well, I think when you talk about a registered agent and you would talk about the stock or bond market, I think a very simple explanation of breach of fiduciary duty would not be putting the interest of the public customer first and the registered agent certainly putting their interests above the customer. That would be a breach of fiduciary duty.
1: Okay. This has been really great. Uh, a lot of people don't really know what crimes may have been committed against them or potential issues that they might have or what kind of recourse they have. What I'd like to do when we return from the break is to talk about some of the procedures having to deal with arbitration and the mediation process. You are listening to uh, Joseph Meyer on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we will be right back with more coming up after this.
2: Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Will Foundation now for your free consultation. one 966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com.
1: I'm Heather Wagenholt. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com.
0: Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666.
1: Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhall, And today we are joined by Joseph Meyer. He is president of Meyer & Associates, and he has been helping folks just like you and me get ourselves out of trouble when it comes to securities violations, fraud, all of that good stuff, and he knows these better than anyone for the time that he's been spending in the industry. Now, before the break, we were talking about different types of challenges that somebody can have where they would want to mediate or arbitrate when dealing with um, uh, uh, consumer fraud or um, illegal activities or inappropriate activities uh, when it comes to investing, And, you know, Joe, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, the process uh, and simplified arbitration, because uh, what is that procedure? Where did it stem from? And are there dollar limits on the claims that can be filed with arbitration? and, And is arbitration more appropriate in certain circumstances versus mediation, or do we not have a choice?
3: Heather, simplified arbitration was designed to be the small claims court of securities arbitration. Going back, uh, certainly in the old days, we used to have a limit of simplified arbitration of a threshold of a $10,000 claim. That has been subsequently raised over the years, first to $25,000 and now to a a limit of $50,000. And the process of simplified arbitration allows a public customer to file an arbitration claim and represent himself with all the pleadings that are exchanged between the parties in FINRA handled through the mail. So it is a very uh, inexpensive way to file an arbitration claim against a uh, broker-dealer or a registered agent. And it allows an investor to uh, handle the claim and certainly submit Uh, the allegations and and the forms that are necessary in which to process the claim directly to FINRA, and it is relatively inexpensive uh, for a public uh, customer to go ahead and file a case. So I think it certainly has advantages and it has benefits, and it's designed to to give the public investor who's not represented by, by formal counsel an opportunity to go ahead and certainly prove... What is necessary to substantiate their claim?
1: So that's awesome because we're not adding insult to injury by losing money because of, you know, a potential wrongdoing and then having to go finance a huge attorney bill to be able to get, try to get that money back. So that's really cost effective for an individual that is willing to take the time to learn the process and fill out the paperwork and fight on their own.
3: FENRA will go ahead upon submission of a claim and they will appoint what's known as a sole arbitrator. So it will be one arbitrator who will review the, the claim. He will certainly review the answer that's filed by the broker dealer or the registered agent. And most times, unless there is a hearing requested by either one of the parties, a decision is rendered based on the pleading submitted to the arbitrator, with a determination of the case being made and then sent uh, what what the decision of the arbitrator is through the mail,
1: okay so what what makes this process different, or how do we use simple um, arbitration and the process of mediation?
3: Well, mediation. Uh, is offered in all cases filed in the form of FINRA as, as a matter of policy. Okay. Mediation is an alternative to filing an arbitration case. Sometimes we see arbitration cases filed and we see a request for mediation which I've often said I think is is advantageous to the parties to at least consider mediation. You know, mediation can certainly take place at at any point through the process of a claim going through the system. But if you request mediation after a case is filed in arbitration, the two processes are on parallel track, Heather. So you're not giving up anything, you're not giving up any time, hopefully, in pursuing mediation, which will be agreed to by the other party, and allowing the case to be settled, settled fairly, and settled quickly, avoiding the cost and the expense of going before an arbitration panel.
1: Okay. And, and for folks, uh, you know, who are not really familiar with this or they can be slightly intimidated with the whole idea of going to court, you know, is this process more palatable to folks that might be slightly intimidated by a big, long, drawn-out legal process?
3: Well, I think when you talk about Arbitration and you talk about mediation, I think it always makes sense to be represented and by represented uh, by a securities uh, law practitioner. I think when you talk about arbitration and a formal hearing and the exchanging of documents and certainly testimony that has to be given by the parties, it makes sense to certainly have legal representation. But I think when you talk about simplified arbitration, that's a process that allows a public customer to represent himself, although I think if there is a, a complex issue or a large dollar limit to the claim, I certainly would recommend that you be represented by legal counsel as well, but it's not necessarily required. Okay.
1: Okay. So uh, so this is pretty fascinating, and it, and we don't always highlight some of the whoopsies that can happen when we trust a financial professional to work, you know, in our best interest or on our behalf. And sometimes we have to do the things that we don't want to do, and we have to get down and dirty and you know, fight for money that we've been lost or things were misrepresented to us. Now, if folks want more information on how to prepare themselves for this process um, or want to pay for you to help consult them if they happen to think they might have this issue, where can folks get a hold of you?
3: Well, they can always go to my website, which is Meyer Associates, and it's dot com, and they can always email me directly from the contact information, and it's on the website. Or they can always pick up a phone and call me directly at phone number area code three eight six and the number is six seven seven eight six four two Heather.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, in addition to you being um, an, an arbitrator and working in this side, you are also quite auspicious, I would say, at analyzing the market. Wouldn't you agree?
3: Well, as I said earlier, I became a uh, public investor in 1966, went up on the street in 1972, have been part of the industry uh, ever since that time, Uh, became a contractor for FDIC and Resolution Trust in the late 1980s, and then became an arbitrator and mediator for the NASD and the NYSE in the mid-1990s. And then in 2000, began my television career with ABC, NBC, CBS News here in Florida, and then started to do radio first locally and then nationally. And as you know from my bio, I've done some of the biggest radio shows in the country and I've done them consistently and have been asked back many, many times to appear and visit with their listening audiences. And then in 2009, I started writing an international monthly newsletter called StraightMoneyAnalysis.com, and I write every month about the precious metals and I write about the energy sector and we write about the economy and we write about monetary policy and we have subscribers to the newsletter from all over the world.
1: And that's what I was getting at because your publication being an international publication and covering so many different genres of investing is of, uh, of a tremendous value to our listeners because, you know, both you have the background and the insight with all of your time in the industry in so many different areas i think that your analysis is pretty spot on and 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 it's uh and it's a trusted resource for from so many investment professionals and you actually have an offer for unlock your wealth listeners don't you
3: well we have an offer that there's a uh, free issue of the newsletter which is posted on the straightmoneyanalysis.com website just click on the icon Says newsletter, and on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see Sample Newsletter. You can click on there, and I believe we have the October 2013 uh, full issue of the newsletter. And if uh, people are interested in certainly uh, the January 2014 issue of the newsletter, which I'm working on almost on a daily basis, uh, in respect to you as a radio talk show host and, and certainly in respect to your listening audience, Anyone who would like to receive that free copy of the January 2014 issue of the newsletter, all they have to do is click on the contact page on the straightmoneyanalysis.com website. Let me have your email and or your phone number, and I'll definitely contact you, and I'll definitely send you out the January issue of the newsletter as soon as I receive it from editing.
1: Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for your time on the show today. And for those of you who are driving around and you don't have a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can get Joe's linky links to all of his good stuff, as well as his free offer and instructions on how to fill out the contact form. Stay tuned for the keys to riches on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back with more after this.
2: Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. Single edition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. one that's 966 9420 That toll free number again is one 9420 Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com I'm in
1: the wagon hall. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Network for your cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com.
0: Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666.
1: Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhall. And it's that time again for our Keys to Riches. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Radio nation. We are so glad you stopped by. We hope you're gaining some value from today's episode. And uh, to give you a background, the keys to riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that teach you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do that one week at a time, one key at a time from our keys to riches. And this week's key is hope for the best, plan for the worst. And this is an important key because as we have started perusing our keys, uh, we started, there's the three most important questions you can ask yourself. And that is what? Quick quiz. No. Catch off guard. Where am I? Come on, come on. That's our take action, make assessment key. Where am I? I'm terrible at this. Stuff. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Dreams of deadlines. Where am I going?
0: What am I doing?
1: <laughs> we never know what you're doing. But, but where where do I wanna go? What key are we in? <laughs> What's
3: the tempo? <laughs>
1: exactly. Can I get an F major? Is that a is that a key even? <laughs> I don't even know. I
3: there
1: we, what's my starting pitch? Yeah, yeah. Me, 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 me. <laughs> am I there? Am I there yet? Uh-huh. Uh, so, <clears throat> thanks for playing. No. Uh, where am I? Where am I going? And what's the difference? And we're going to learn about that next week on the What's the Difference? Because that's where we break our budget and learn how to create a healthy savings and spending plan. But in Hope for the Best, Plan for the Worst, we've got our three questions and then our five areas of concern we lo- learned in... Uh, Our fourth key, which was knowledge is power, not knowing is powerful. So that was income and expenses, protections, asset accumulation, asset multiplication, and then asset preservation. Remember? Yeah. Is it all coming back to you? I remember
0: you asking me
1: how are my assets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they're looking good to me. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> it's bad when I start imitating my next door neighbor's grandmother. Hank, hey, can I get some Kibelza fish over here? Bring me my cigarettes. Can I have my cigarettes? I know. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So in this week's key, hope for the best plans for the worst, this has to do with facing our financial fears. And it's critical that we learn how to face our financial fears. And we need to do it when we are not, last week's key, emotionally engaged to the situation. So, I, for example, I'm actually, I'm, I'm meeting with my editor, and we're talking about it, and we're going through the keys, you know, as we're working on the book. And he's just like, what is this, you know, taking emotion out of the picture, this hope for the best, plan for the worst. And I said, well, you know, I said, what is the worst financial thing that could happen to you? And he's thinking, and he's like, well, I could have no money. And I said, is that it? And I said, are, are your parents alive? Are your mothers Or are your wife's parents alive? And he goes, yes. And I said, so, like, would it be financially a burden uh, if, like, something happened and then you had to all of a sudden have your mother-in-law move in? And he goes, it would be maritally a burden. And I'm like, so how would you handle that? And he goes, well, I don't know. I guess I'll figure it out when I get there. And I'm like, yeah, No. That's going to cause more problems. It's going to cause financial problems for you all, and it's also going to cause problems between the two of you. So you both need to have conversations with your parents and find out what they intend to do if they get ill, if they're sick. This isn't about accounting for how much money they have, you know, and figuring out, "Hmm, should I wax their shoes the next time we go on the boat? (laughs) Well, that's what my dad would always say. He'd never tell us. You know, when we would ask him, "How much is your life insurance?" I don't think you need to know that. <laughs> Turned out it was zero. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's not about how much and when am I getting it, but it's about okay. Well, what do you plan to do if you? It, it's not about the death part. It's about the incapacitation part, because do you have the funds to go into a nursing home? What if you don't? Then guess what. Whichever kid (laughs) gets the lottery ticket, that's the kid that's going to go, what if your number is pulled in that lottery when they draw the names out of the hat? Oh, guess mom's coming to live with you. And you're like, oh, my gosh. So if that's going to be a problem, that's something you should address. Okay. Things like what happens if I lose my job? Oh, and I don't have an emergency fund set away. Do I burden my spouse? What do I do? How do I feed my kids? Do I move back in with my parents? What's my plan? Are my parents even going to let me move back in with them? You know, so you've got, you've got to address these financial problems before they become an issue. What if you haven't have a special needs kids? What if you have an unintended pregnancy? You know, it's been 10 years since you've had to change diapers And all of a sudden you have to change diapers again. And you've got a kid in college and one on the way. And you've got, you know, an indigent parent. Um, Maybe you have a special needs child. Somebody all of a sudden becomes diagnosed with autism or something crazy. You know, how do you prepare for this? What are the steps that you take? What's the plan? You know, it's like whenever you go into a hotel, do you ever bother to look at what's on the back door of the hotel door? Do you know what's on the back door? It's your fire escape safety route. Okay, but do you ever look never at look, it? Never look at it. Okay, so like, what's gonna happen when you get trapped in your thing? You're gonna jump.
0: Yeah. For the window? No, we're gonna probably take a look at the map.
1: Okay, but when it's too late. Too late. Yeah. It's, yeah, but once your emotions get engaged, what well, we know? What have you learned on this show? The blood's gonna rush to your extremities. Right. Okay, so you're not gonna have that logical thought. So if it's not already in process. It ain't going to happen. All right. So this is why hope for the best plan for the worst is so important because you need to know how you're going to respond when that catastrophic event is going to occur. And that's the purpose of this week's key. So what you need to do for this week's key is you need to go take a look at um, the website and download our worksheet that lists every potential financial fear that you could ever possibly have. And then you need to go through each one of those fears and address how you would plan and prepare for that. And it doesn't matter what your plan is, you just have to practice it. And then what do we know about the brain? We got to rehearse it so it becomes automatic. So when the emotions kick in, we got to plan. We're cool as cucumbers. We can make stuff happen. We're going to get out of this financial burning building alive. And for more information for our key statement key affirmation and key action item please visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com and for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies and members only tools to fix your credit get out of debt and have more money and happiness do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com where you and the rest of the Unlock Your Wealth Radio Nation go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio and Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagenhall. Now go out and unlock your wealth today.
0: Unlockyourwealthradio.com is produced by Heather Wagenhall from the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches financial wellness series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.